kids get the popcorn out. Let me tell you the story of the space viking, Thor Odinson. He was no ordinary man. He was a god. After saving planet Earth for the 500th time, Thor set off on a new journey. When he got in shape, he went from dad bod to god bod. And after all that, he reclaimed his title as the one and only Thor. Oh, spoke too soon. Jane? The old ex-girlfriend. What's it been like? Three, four years? <laughs> Eight years, seven months and six days. Give or take. Am I uh, sensing feelings? Well, you're right. The only ones who gods care about is themselves. So this is my vow. All gods will die. I just want to say that was very, very impressive what you did back there. Just my first bad guy. You never forget your first. You are not like the other gods of Kion. Because I have something worth fighting for. Let's see who you are. I take off your disguise. And flip! Oh! You flip too hard, damn it! Shall we help him? I mean, eventually. Great. Welcome to the Strange Harbors Podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture and Derek Wong. So tonight we are talking about the latest Marvel Phase 4 movie, Thor Love and Thunder, directed by Taika Waititi. Taika back in the director's chair for this uh, fourth installment of the Thor series, starring Chris Hemsworth, Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson, Taika Waititi himself. Yeah, so when did you guys see this movie? I just saw it last night. Uh, I saw it over the weekend. I kind of forgot how popular Marvel movies are. Like, I just, <laughs> like, my plan was to just show up to the theater and just, like, sit immediately in the best seat. And that did not happen. I mean, it ended up being fine. I was just kind of close to the screen. It, it wasn't, like, a bad seat. But I just didn't think, like, oh, yeah, this movie is going to be completely full on a random-ass Tuesday, you know? Mm. I mean, still, like, I, I mean, I think that means that these Marvel movies are still doing gangbusters. But for all the Marvel fatigue that people have and uh, all the uh, denigration of Phase 4, uh, people are still lining up around the block to see these movies. Boy, are we going to get into that. <laughs> I was going to say, should we get into it? Like, what do you guys think of Thor, Love, and Thunder? Okay, so I have a very interesting story about my experience with this movie. I asked for an advanced screening, like I usually do for these movies. Disney usually sends their emails. For some reason, I didn't get this one, so I reached out to my PR rep, and he was like, oh, the screening was full, so I couldn't go to that screening. But then he was like, oh, we have a screening for a week earlier with the junket. 
which is like oh. where all the interviews and stuff take place. But that's like the California junket. That's like the LA junket, not the New York. So I was like, uh. okay, I'll, I'll just do that one. All the people who go see this movie at the junket, they're like, they want to get like the hype out, right? So it's all these super comic book hype.com or whatever, you know, it's like those sites, fluffy, they want to hype up the movie. Those reviews usually coming out of the movie are like really, really glowing. And then after like the press screening I originally supposed to go to, they usually die down a little bit because more people are like, they get to sit with the movie and analyze a little bit more and be a little more critical. So I was like, you know what? All right. When a second press screening happens, it's probably going to be more divided, you know, like just people who are like tired of the Marvel stuff and they don't really like the superhero stuff anymore. And it's going to be more mixed. And I tend to curate my social media pretty well. I like try to surround myself with, you know, writers that I admire and like critics that I like. And usually it's like, oh, some of them liked them, some of them didn't. Every single one was like, this movie is the biggest pile of dog shit I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) I would rather go see Steel or Jonah Hex or Morbius, some guy wrote. And then they're like, this movie sucked ass. It was the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It fucking sucked. A million people who were saying that. Everyone fucking hated this movie. And I thought it was fine. I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) I liked it. Uh, I'm the first one to shit on these types of movies, but I liked this one. It was fine. From Taika Waititi, you know, like, if you liked Thor Ragnarok, this is more of the same, right? I think it dials everything up from Thor Ragnarok to, like, 11. Mm -hmm. I think the jokes are more rapid fire and a little more insufferable. Um, I think the movie looks a little worse, but it's a little more comedic and a little more stage-like. You have another villain that's kind of undercooked, like Kate Blanchett with Christian Bale. But I had a fun time with this. I don't know why people are so upset at this movie. I mean, I don't want to speak too soon. Maybe both of you guys think it's dog shit, too. I don't know. <laughs> but I had a good time. It was fine. All right. All right. Uh, Amir, what did you think? I think I feel kind of how Jeff did, except without all the preceding drama. like i walked out of it i was like all right it was like not as good as ragnarok but in the same vein right yeah uh, you know it was like i don't know i mean i think it suffers by comparison because it isn't as new right yeah it's not like ragnarock the humor fresh and you're like oh this is really fresh and new and interesting and people were more into the mcu you know i don't know five years ago or however long it is yeah so i think that's primarily the main reason it doesn't come off as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably not as good, but it's still okay. Like, it's like a B, right? Like, I saw you gave that's it a what B. I, that's yeah, it's a fair. B. Like, I think that's fine. Like, I mean, it's a B for people who watch these movies, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't like the Marvel movies, it's like an F minus, but, like, then they all are. <laughs> so it's fine, right? Like, if you're someone who likes these movies, this is a pretty solid one. Is it the best of Phase 4? I want to say second best. Shang-Chi and then this? Yeah. I don't know if it's second best, but I do agree with that I think Shang-Chi has become, now that I think about it, like my favorite of Phase 4. I don't know if I would make this second, but I did like this. So I guess I will give my opinion now, right? So I have pretty much the exact same thoughts as you guys. I don't know yet if I think it's better or as good as Ragnarok, but at the same time, it feels a lot like Ragnarok, so why would I hate this movie? Unless, Mm -hmm. I guess, I was expecting 
Taika to be like, change the wheel again, which I don't want, right? I mean, I wanted a Taika movie, and I feel like that's exactly what I got with this movie, right? There's mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of things going on in this movie. There's like four or five different plots working together to become this one movie. Fuck, that was Thor Ragnarok too, right? I mean, this movie's really funny. So was Thor Ragnarok. It was silly. So was Thor Ragnarok. I don't understand after I got out of this movie and, and I was like, oh, I had a lot of fun with that. And then I started talking to people, especially my friends that I know like Marvel movies. They were like, yeah, I was like super disappointed. And I'm like, what are you disappointed about? Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> from what I hear from them, it stems from them comparing it to Thor Ragnarok. And I'm like, well, just stop doing that. Did you have fun? Was it funny? Was it a good time? Yes. The answers to all these questions were yes for me. And I'm like, I'm not going to hold it against it because maybe it's not as good as Thor Ragnarok, right? Uh, I think it's not as good as Ragnarok, but Ragnarok clearly the best Thor movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's as good as Ragnarok. I think the jokes landing ratio is way lower than Ragnarok, but there were funny bits in this. There were a lot of things that I laughed at. I think it maybe is just a little too goofy. Like, the stakes are absurdly high with this guy running around killing gods and whatever. We'll get into it, but, like, I think it doesn't really have any weight, maybe, compared to Ragnarok, where Ragnarok was still kind of doing the action stuff. I mean, this had action, too. I, I don't know. Yeah. I can see why people would feel like maybe this was not taking itself seriously. I don't know. I, I, I kind of get it, I think. I think this is just a confluence of different things where, you know, the franchise fatigue is setting in. In 2017, there were like three or four Marvel projects. Now there's like 20 a year. So people are definitely kind of getting fed up with this stuff. And then taken with how annoyed people seem to be with Taika Waititi, that's also kind of an issue too. So I think people are just kind of at a breaking point. And this is the one that pushed them over, I think. People are like, this is the worst movie ever made. I'm like, come on. I think the press tour didn't do this movie any favors because Taika Waititi can't fucking say anything serious ever. So what did he do that got people pissed at him? Okay, I think a lot of people don't like Jojo Rabbit. I don't like Jojo Rabbit. And I think he's just overexposed right now. And... I don't know, like this press junket really rubbed people the wrong way where he's like shitting on the VFX artists and like, I made a movie that no one's going to like, you know, like fans of Thor aren't going to like. It's like he just can't be serious for like one second. And I think people are like really getting sick of his shtick. But it's fine. I mean, that's just the way he is. And I know I made like a little joke about him saying like, if you don't go see Thor Love and Thunder, then you're like against independent cinema or whatever you know he joked about that i mean it's a joke it's not a very funny joke i think people were upset about that i think it's funny the way people are reacting and it makes it funnier to me all right you think it makes it funnier i kind of go the other way no because like the fact that he's like not being serious yes maybe like i'd get annoyed by that yeah but now i'm starting to find it funny that other people are getting annoyed by it right yeah like, i'm not like... offended there are definitely people <laughs> who are like offended by this i'm like okay whatever like he's just a little too much for me like he just needs to chill but yeah this movie was fine it was fun here's like i guess my hot take about this movie and like before we i guess get into spoilers i actually think this movie is funnier than ragnarok really Ooh. i probably laughed harder and liked the comedy more in this than interesting in i do think ragnarok is very funny too like they're both very funny right but i think what you were saying jeff like he tries to ramp it up to 11 and when he does, it hits for me. 
It hits really hard for me. And I was like the one cackling the hardest in the theater while everyone else was not laughing. And I'm like, oh, I guess I think this is really funny and nobody else does. A lot of people are like, this movie's not funny at all, which I don't agree with. There are definitely jokes that land for me, too. I thought a bunch of the stuff was funny, too. I don't know. I mean, at this point, I think it's second best in phase four. And what I find refreshing about this movie is that it's like completely divorced from like the multiverse stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, it's a standalone adventure. You know, and I kind of missed that. And the last time we kind of had that was Shang-Chi, right? And I don't mind the multiverse stuff, but the problem is that they haven't done jack shit with it. And I feel like the phase four is just really kind of rudderless right now, and they don't really know what they're doing. And to see something that's just completely unrelated and it's just like a nice Thor adventure, I liked it. I just think just maybe a bit of a return to form to the pre- yeah multiverse stuff just some standalone fun adventures some other way everyone's enjoying uh star trek strange new worlds more than they were enjoying some of the other more serialized stuff before we get too far away from like thor love and thunder like i do want to talk about phase four a little bit like yeah. where it is at at this moment but i think we should do it after we've talked about thor love okay. and thunder right I, I think we've set our piece i think we all enjoyed it i i think we all don't hate it right as much as i think i've heard loud screams about when, when it comes to this movie but there are definitely things I don't like, too, and I think I would love to get into spoilers to, like, talk about the things I do like and the things I don't like, right? Yeah. Surprisingly, one of the things that doesn't quite work for me at times is actually Natalie Portman. I think when she's given some of the comedy things in this movie, I that's agree. when it kind of doesn't work for me. Her delivery of comedy is a little stiff, and I don't think it's just, like, not natural for her. Even though I think she is pretty funny in like other movies, right? Like I think she's actually done comedies. It's really hit or miss for me, for her. I think when she does like a little more down to earth and deadpan stuff, it's a little better. Mm -hmm. I think her comedy as Mighty Thor is a little weak. Yeah. I don't know, her like rainbow time catchphrase is stupid. I fucking audibly groaned at that. How much of that is intentional, right? Because isn't the joke that she is... Yeah, I I think so. ...does not naturally fit... Right, like they wrote those things and had her played in such a way that she was being awkward and unfunny. So does that mean she hit her mark or <laughs> Maybe. Right? Because that was the bit, right? Like it was yeah, very cool. Yeah, that was the bit. I thought her delivery of, you know, Darcy asking her, like, oh, it's like stage four. How bad can that be? It's like how many stages are there of cancer? <laughs> um, yeah. And she was like, uh four, <laughs> you know? Uh, I thought that was funny. You know, I think like a lot of the Darker humor in this worked for me. Um, oh, the whole running yeah. gag of how cruel Thor is to children is fucking hilarious. I love that <laughs> shit. Okay, we're talking about comedy. We're talking about cruel comedy. My favorite bit is when Gore shows up in that little cage with the kids, has that snake monster, and just basically like rips its head off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I then do throws like it against the wall, and then it just like lands in front of the kids, and they all freak out. This is hilarious. It's a little bit turned up to 11, and some people are like, that wasn't funny. Like, uh-huh. That's not what I wanted. But that's exactly what I wanted. I had a blast with that scene. So I, I don't know. I do think that there's like a tonal issue with this movie that I don't know if like non-comics reader will pick up, because like... If you read the Jason Aaron comics that this is based off of, this movie totally pales in comparison to that. You know, like the Jane Cancer storyline where she becomes Mighty Thor um, and then Gore the God Killer. They're pretty serious in the comics and they're some of the best Thor comics in like recent years. And this movie just kind of plays it for laughs. Not really, but like 
you know, it's surrounded by comedy. So, like, the weight kind of isn't there. And it's just not as good as the comics. But if you can divorce that from your mind from this movie, then I'm sure you can have a good time. I really like Christian Bale in this. I wish he was in it more. I thought he was a good villain. I actually like the cold open where... He kills uh, that god. I don't even know what his name is. It's his yeah, I don't know what name. that god is. Yeah. <laughs> and he gets the necro sword. It's a nice character building. Give your villain some shading, you know. Mm-hmm. But and it's a true Cole open, right? We don't get the Marvel sign until after until that, I after think? that. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, like that's like I don't think we've ever done that in a Marvel movie, have we? Which is interesting. And I wish he killed more gods because, like, that's his whole thing. Right? Mm-hmm. He's the god yeah, butcher, yeah, but yeah. how many does he actually kill? A little right. God-butchering montage or something. <laughs> I know. That yeah. would have been awesome. But I guess we didn't get any of that. I mean, he kills that really big one that looks like a big dog or whatever on the ice planet. And he kills the one we see in the beginning. And like we hear that he's killed a lot of low-level gods, right? That's what basically uh-huh. Zeus says. But yeah, we don't see any of it. I don't know. Maybe it was cut for time or they just never intended to show it. But yeah, I wish too that we got a little bit more. Yeah. Like, to show more of his power, too, like his menace. Yeah. I also like that's the shortest MCU yes. movie in a while. It's just like a fleet little adventure that, like, wrapped up in under two hours. Yeah, totally fine. Okay, what did you guys think about the visuals of this movie? Because people are complaining up and down the aisle about how ugly this movie looks. No, it's not that... F- it's not that bad, uh, It's right? not that bad. There have been worse-looking ones recently. I think this movie looks better than, like, the third act of Shang-Chi, for sure. I also think this movie looks better than No Way Home. I just think No Way Home is so ugly. I say this like every other episode. (laughs) But there's cool stuff in this. I think some of the action is crisp in this. Mm -hmm. The monochrome planet is cool. I like that a lot. Yeah, that was cool. I did like the monochrome planet thing. I think Gore's little spider monsters are stupid. That's another like, you know, faceless comic book monsters. Who cares? I mean, there are definitely spots where the movie, like, suffers visually, for sure, from, like, the compositing and stuff. Like, Natalie Portman's helmet is, like, totally composited on her face. You can tell. Same for the Chris Hemsworth one. Yeah, same with the Chris Hemsworth one. A lot of the things that you take out of context, like, people are posting on Twitter and stuff, like, they do look bad. But, like, those clips and, like, those stills that you're posting, they're not in motion and they last, like, one second. I don't think it's, like, an excuse for, like, the lazy compositing that they do. But, like, it doesn't drag down the movie as much as you would think visually. Mm-hmm. Right? I thought it was fine visually. It looked a lot better than a lot of the Phase 4 stuff so far. Funny thing is, one thing that I think that looks kind of cheap are one Stormbreaker actually looks... It looks like it's made of plastic. <laughs> exactly. It looks like... Yeah. I mean, it probably is. looks like it's made of foam, but it's bad when it feels and looks like it's made of foam, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Zeus's bolt looks absolutely like flat and fake. So, oh, what's it supposed like... to? I thought that was the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I liked the Zeus thing, yeah. When it's not lit up, you mean? Yeah, like I thought it was supposed to look goofy. Maybe it wasn't. If it wasn't... I don't know. Then, For me, yeah, it just, like again, good. looked like fake... Foam. I can make this at home and paint it gold or something shit like that. You know what I mean? I thought Stormbreaker was a bridge too far on that, but I thought the mm-hmm. Zeus Thunderbolt was kind of fun because, like, okay, you know, it's like a symbolic lightning bolt thing, and like, I thought it was like a neat uh, representation of like his weapon. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't look too bad for me. I, I thought Stormbreaker looked kind of iffy at times. I, I do agree, but there's some cool stuff in this. 
I think that the way that they kept Mjolnir broken and like oh, absolutely. Natalie yeah. Yeah, uses the, it the, as yeah, like the, the exploding and coming back together. Yeah, Very cool. it's cool as hell. That was awesome. Is that from the comics? No, right? Because it's not broken. I don't think so. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that's a really cool thing. I'm glad can never reforge, right? Like even when I mean spoilers, when Thor has it at the end, you know, when yeah. he's using it again, it's still broken. So like theoretically he could do the same things in, in future movies, which is kind of cool. Yeah. The one thing I actually thought we could have used less of he was better at using himself sparingly in Ragnarok was Korg. like the character of Korg. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I think I totally he's agree. in the movie a little too much. I think he loves himself a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. He overstays his welcome a little bit. Yeah. And I do think it's a little cheap when we think he dies and he's like, oh, I'm just a face. And uh, <laughs> I guess that's all I need to stay alive. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that was super cheap. I mean, I guess at least he didn't drag it on. Like, at least it was tried to be played for laughs. But yeah. Anything else you guys liked or didn't like? I'm curious. Mm, yeah. Um, generally, I'm not the biggest fan of the Marvel action, and this was kind of no exception. It feels like weightless and inconsequential, but because the bad guys are also just so mad, those big shadow spiders are kind of just like, whatever. Like, who cares? Like, it just doesn't do a ton for me. There's some cool stuff. The Molnir exploding is probably the highlight of the cool little combat stuff they do. You know, there's, I guess, some fun stuff with the Guardians of the Galaxy fight in the beginning, but. Yeah, the action overall isn't great. I like the stuff in Omnipotent City with the palace guards and like Zeus's goons and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty fun. Yeah, the exploding into the gold dust. That was really neat. Yeah, like getting away with some gore where like... It's all like gold blood or whatever. The gold blood doesn't register yeah. as like real blood, so you can do a lot with it. I thought that was yeah. cool. It looked neat. Valkyrie got to do some stuff. Uh, Valkyrie pretty underutilized in this movie. She didn't really do Absolutely. much. That's a perfect amount of Tessa Thompson. <laughs> you you don't like her? or I like her. Don't ask her to do too much. Don't ask her to stretch too hard, I think. I like her. I'm not sure how good an actress she is. <laughs> oh, no. Hot take from a me. No. I, I just, I don't know. Like, she's very pretty. I just don't know if she's actually that good. Am I wrong on this? She's probably the best in, like, the Creed movies. Yeah, she's pretty good in those. She's losing her hearing. I don't think she's that great in Westworld. She's not. I kind of hear you, though, Amir. Like, I'm not saying that she is a bad actress. You know, looking back at her career, I don't know if she's, like, the standout, right? Like, And then, yeah, like, yeah, she yeah. doesn't like carry a lot of the weight i think in a lot of the movies she's been in right what about sorry to bother you was she good in that did you like her in that she was pretty all right in that and like yeah. she was pretty all right in that <laughs> that was still the keith sandfield's movie right it was like, absolutely was really, yeah. and yeah. so like here's the thing like it's not like i disliked her in this i quite like her in this and that was damning by faint praise i think like <laughs> i did like her use in this it was like just enough it was fun they did a little like Hey, remember I'm still bisexual, and and, and like that was it. Like the, and like she's fun in the fights, and she's kind of cool to Jane, this person she's never met. She's like, hey, we're like you know BFFs now, we're girlfriends. This is fun. You know, it was like a, a nice amount of Valkyrie. It was good, and she's just like, hey, you know, I, um, I hate my boring desk job. I want to go die an honorable as guardian death. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I was like, that rules, dude. Cool, you're cool. Like this was fun, and this was the right amount of her. I would have wanted more in the sense that I would have wanted more for her character. 
You know what I mean? Like, I wanted them to really lean into, like, her sexuality in this movie. And, like, you know, of course, asking to see that is maybe, like, falling on deaf ears sometimes. They're, like, literally sponsoring politicians who are, like, supporting anti-gay bills in Florida. I feel like you're barking up the wrong tree there asking yes. Disney, <laughs> yeah, Disney to do the right thing. But, like, it's just, I remember after Ragnarok, there was, like, talks, you know, she was saying, like, she is bisexual and, like, hopefully get to see more of that in the next movie. And, like, shit's a pipe dream, man. It's never gonna yeah. fucking happen with Disney. It just isn't. No matter what fucking Taika and Natalie Portman and Tessa Thompson say on their press junket, that was a bad moment too, though. Like, did you guys see that where someone was asking like, oh, how gay is the movie? And then Taika's like, oh, I think it's pretty gay. Let's ask Natalie Portman. And Natalie Portman's like, it's not really fair. Because like, what are you going to say in response to that, right? Like, oh, it's not fucking gay at all. So of course she's like, oh, it's so gay. But like... This is just more bare minimum representation yeah. in Marvel movies and like Disney movies in general, right? Like it's all strategically placed where like you can cut five seconds and still get it into China and you wouldn't miss anything in the story. It's all like that, right? It's like the gay kiss mm-hmm. in Lightyear. It's one second long. Fucking gay Jewel Russo is the same shit all over again, right? Yeah. There are little moments here like when Zeus blows chris hemsworth's clothes off uh you got a guy in there that faints too so like i guess that's something yeah so if captain america's america's ass is chris hemsworth the universe's ass is he like the galaxy's ass <laughs> he's asgard's ass, <laughs> he's asgard's there you go. ass. like jeff goldblum says where are you from ass place you know <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I know you like the humor in this movie. I think yes. this movie was really missing Tom Hiddleston and Jeff Goldblum, which I thought really made Ragnarok pop with the humor. Yeah, let's talk about this. This is the first movie without Loki, right? This is the first Thor movie where it's fairly devoid of that relationship. Oh. And no longer hinges on the Tom Hiddleston fans, right? I feel like there's a lot of them in like, They show up for Loki, and they show up for the show, and rightfully so. He's a great character, right? Yeah. Um, I was was a little nervous. I was a little expecting it, like, to maybe not like it as much without him. I actually kind of disagree. I don't actually think we needed him in this movie. I actually still really enjoyed it without him. I miss the comedic timing of Mm -hmm. their relationship more than I actually missed him. I don't think he needed to be in this because, Mm -hmm. you know, that relationship has pretty much run its course i mean he's died a million times and now he's back and they still haven't reunited but it's fine we could use a break from thor loki relationship it's it's the same thing every movie right you know they're like frenemies i guess you know so how many times can you play off of that one beat over and over and over and over again so it's fine. It's fine that he's not in it. I agree. I agree. You make a good point about the way they work together comedically and off of each other in the Thor movies that I don't think they have a replacement for that, right? Yeah. I mean, I think they try to do their best uh, by including, you know, uh, Jane bringing her back as the love interest, right? That's a newish dynamic that we haven't seen in a while from this character, right? Uh-huh. I mean, first movie, they kind of fall in love. You know, she is gone by the third movie and like they use stock footage for when she's like in Endgame. So it's like, uh-huh. yeah, so this is the first time you've had her back and like, it's different. I want to say, going back to what you said, Amir, that the stakes seem just like any other Marvel movie. And I think, like, the gore, the God Butcher stuff pretty much plays a backseat to things. 
It does. The movie doesn't feel as big as Gore the God Butcher trying to kill all the gods or whatever. I mean, that's mm-hmm. your typical big stakes Marvel stuff. But I think like the character stuff with Thor really takes the front seat here. Even though I'm not sure it works the best, it's fine. I think there's some pacing issues here. And I think the script is pretty flimsy. Like, yeah. it doesn't really know what it wants to do. The thing that bothered me the most was Jane's relationship to Mjolnir. Because at first it was like, oh, she found out about this thing with Mjolnir where it can stall her cancer. If she's worthy, she can pick up Mjolnir and she's like the new Thor, right? And she's not suffering from cancer when she's in Thor form. But then it seemed like it was always Thor's intention to have Mjolnir protect Jane, which kind of robs her of her agency in this movie. Because like I thought like she was actually worthy of Mjolnir, right? But then it seemed mm. like Thor cast this spell on Mjolnir to always protect Jane, which kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Interesting. It then brings into question, is she actually worthy, right? Yeah, which mm-hmm. I thought would be more potent and interesting for the character. Yeah, because it would have been more interesting if she like picked it up, if she was worthy, but then realized that it's doing the opposite of what she thought it would. Yeah, and the movie doesn't even make it clear. So like, okay, whatever. I know there are people who are super upset about this. I'm just like, okay, whatever. They didn't really think it through, and they just kind of did whatever with it. I thought the best part of the movie was the little relationship montage between Thor yeah, and Jane. I thought that was yeah. really cute. Yeah, I think that's the movie that Taika wants to be making, right? Yeah, yeah. They didn't lay it on too thick. And, like, there's, like, a whole Marvel movie shell he has to do it in. But, like, that's what he wants to be doing, it seems like. Yeah. You know? I agree. That did really work well. And then it just it does seem like the rest of the Marvel stuff around it maybe wasn't emphasized as well, done as well. I don't know. And I feel like Kevin Feige was like, oh, you got to put the Guardians in there. And, like, they're just fucking shoehorned in the beginning. Oh, that stuff was pretty funny, but, like... Ruined by the trailers and stuff, though, right? Because you knew that shit was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the Guardians humor might have hit harder if you hadn't already seen it in the trailers or whatever. For me, that was the worst part of this movie. I actually think the Guardian stuff is, like, unnecessary. I mean, I guess it's just a connection to, like, Endgame, right? Because he ends up going yeah. with them, you know, at the end of Endgame. But I think it was so montage how he, like, loses all his weight. One second he's fat, one second he's not. It kind of robs like, the greatness of Fat Thor in Endgame and, like, to have him lose it instantly. And then what have they really been doing all these years since Endgame? Have they not been looking for Gamora? It's so much of when you introduce the Guardians, you want to, like, find out more about the Guardians, but you know this is a Thor story, so there's, like... It, in no way any room for them so it just Mm -hmm. makes them feel like nothing in this movie and that's how i felt and i just felt like they're just not needed see that's interesting because i 100 percent didn't care and didn't think about them or their story at all (laughs) so Mm. like it didn't bug me (laughs) like i wasn't like oh i wonder what they're doing i was like oh okay they've fucked off and now it's uh a Thor movie again. Like, I, I I didn't care. Yeah, it didn't bother me, but it was like, oh, this is a little disjointed. Like, why even have them in here? But I wasn't like, oh, where's Gamora? I totally even forgot about Gamora. Like, I'm like, oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, we got another Guardians movie coming, so we'll figure that shit out, I guess. Yeah, it's funny how I think Marvel tries so hard to link its movies. This was a way they could have done it, but I get no sense of that with this right and like maybe that's fine with you guys like you guys don't care about that stuff but like 
it's funny when they try really hard to link all their movies and it's just like so obvious and blatant and like I feel like this would have been a perfect way to like set it up in a way and they just did nothing with it. I will say one thing I really liked was this characterization they give to Stormbreaker, which I thought was really, really funny. There's like this, I guess, love triangle between Stormbreaker, Thor, and Mjolnir. It's like a jealous pet. Like you bring a new baby in the house and the pet like can't deal with it. Or a second dog in the house and the first dog can't deal with it. It was funny once or twice. It got a little old by the end, I thought. Mm-hmm. A lot of the jokes kind of get old. The screaming goats, real diminishing returns <laughs> on that. Yeah. Some people really liked it. I thought it was just fine. I thought it was funny like the first two times, just like the Stormbreaker Mjolnir stuff, but I could take it or leave it. So all of it works for me. I keep saying I really think it's really <laughs> funny. And like, But I think it's partly what I said before. I think partially that Taika knows that he's overplaying it. And that's why it's funny to me. It becomes to the point where like he recognizes the joke, right? And he recognizes that he's overplaying the joke. So like, F you guys, I am going to overplay this joke and have like a really annoying goat sound throughout this whole movie, even though I know you guys don't want it, right? Or overplaying this idea of Thornbreaker being really jealous. I don't know if that's exactly what he intended, but I want to believe that's what he intended, right? To overplay the joke and knowing that it might be a little annoying for people. I don't know, man. I don't know if you want to purposefully push the line into being, like, shitty. I don't know if that's a good look, but I mean, I, I guess I could see that. You've interviews, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's uh, why people hate him, and they hate this yeah, movie. Yeah, you know? I guess so. Um, yeah, I can't think. I can't quite get on your boat of completely on board with all the humor in this, but I'm yeah. definitely not in, like, oh, this movie was completely unfunny and, like, I hated it or whatever, you know? Because mm-hmm. that definitely wasn't yeah. what I thought of this. Yeah, I mean, you guys want to talk about the ending of this movie? I kind of like the final battle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You have, like, the stupid shadow creatures again, but... Yeah, they stink, but I love Thor lending his power to the kids. Yes. That was yeah, super cool. Was cool. What a cool little twist, like... It was fun. There's, like, a little girl with a bunny, and she's like, ah, lasers coming out of it. I thought it was funny. I did. I never know that there was a thing that Thor could do, and it was a super cool power. Like, yeah, he's like, of course you use your power to save the kids. Like, that rocked. It's very cool. It's a payoff of, like, the running joke where Thor is so mean to the kids, you know? <laughs> and, right, exactly. And, like, you know, yeah, he, like, yeah, actually yeah. cares. I described it to some friends. As, oh, what other Marvel movie are you going to get children in the corn, like, murder babies, right? Where they, like, <laughs> become these, like, mindless, power-craving entities that just want to kill all these shadow creatures, right? And I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that's just, like, another thing that I just thought was really funny. It's very Taika to me. It was cute. It was cute. I liked it. And I kind of liked... How the thing ended with gore, you know, where he wasn't just like, oh, I'm fucking going to kill all the gods and then they kill him. You know, I thought Mm -hmm. he had a nice little redemption arc at the end. I mean, not a redemption arc, but like he fucking dies and like he uses the power of the celestial to bring back his daughter instead of killing all the gods. Yeah, he gets to the MacGuffin and instead of wishing to kill all the gods, he wishes for his daughter back. Yeah. And I feel like it's a good idea. And I, I love an ending that kind of subverts the typical Marvel like ending, like a Doctor Strange mm-hmm. one type ending. Like I love that stuff. I think it could have been stitched together better. I agree. It could have landed better. Like you could have dropped hints, not hints that it was coming. You can keep it a twist, but you could have set it up better in the beginning so that when that happens at the end, we go, "Oh, that makes perfect sense with what we know of Gore or of something that Thor learns in the movie that gets him to change Gore's mind." Like this was just kind of like 
hey, Gore, have you ever thought about not killing all the gods and bringing back your daughter instead? And he was like, oh, shit, I should have thought of bringing back my daughter. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, uh, wait, bro, you never thought of bringing back your daughter to begin? Like, I mean, I guess the whole thing is like, oh, you know, you can't focus on vengeance and, you know, I don't know. It just, it's all kind of, it's just a little muddled. I know it's a Marvel movie yeah. and whatever. It's not a fucking morality tale, but it, it's, it's just a little muddled. They could have made that a lot crisper. And if they had, I think it would have been a much better movie. You said the script was a little flabby, and I, I kind of have to agree with you. Like they could have, yeah. they could have nailed things like this down a little better, and I think the movie would have been a lot better with just like a tiny bit of I totally a agree. tiny bit of adjustment with this kind of thing. I would have been like, oh shit, they like like set I up actually thought this and, through. <laughs> yeah, like they set up and actually paid off an entire plot line in a way that's relevant to all the characters involved. I don't know. I mean, I'm again, I'm not a script writer or whatever, but like, Thorling is power to the kids. Very cool moment, and a nice payoff for him being mean to the kids. What if Jane has to lend her power to the kids, and that's why she dies in the end? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's just like little things you could have done which maybe would have been, like, I don't know, would have made it better, and maybe you could have tweaked that little part of the Jane storyline that people didn't like. I don't know. I don't think Marvel does that anymore. <laughs> what I will say is that I actually really like the visualization of Eternity in this movie. Yeah, I agree, actually. Yeah, it's cool. I know it pretty much comes from the comics, right? He's this black void with, like, stars. But the way I think Taika does it, it looks really nice against the starkness of the blue sky, right? And then you see this Chris outline and the black void with the stars. I thought it was really, really cool. It did look cool. I agree. And you know what? I liked the end of Jane's arc here where... yes. I mean, it's pulled directly from the comics, so you can't really fuck that up. But, you know, she finds out that every time she transforms into Thor, it purifies all the chemotherapy drugs that she's taking to treat her cancer. So every time she transforms back to Jane, she becomes weaker because, like, the chemotherapy drugs aren't in her system anymore. So she makes the choice to transform one more time to help Thor fight gore <laughs> there's a lot of rhyming there but yeah uh, <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean i like that i thought it was nice um i wish they didn't undo it right away in the fucking post credits i guess i mean they didn't well, really they didn't undo, undo it but like, it. Yeah, you have to die go to Valhalla. they didn't exactly undo it but like you get to see them again which is kind of like kind of a cop-out i think which yeah. Well, now a lot of people are like, oh, is this their way to bring back Natalie Portman and Heimdall? Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, okay, let's not go too far. Like, I think it was just kind of a cool thing to see Heimdall again. And I think that yeah. hopefully that was the point. Because, like, you know, we get the through line with the the kid, right? Like, we meet Heimdall's kid. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, nice yeah. to see him thank Jane, like, hey, thanks for saving my kid. Was he established to have a wife and kid? Is that a thing we need? No. Okay. I don't remember <laughs> that at all. <laughs> I did find it funny. It's like, hey, look, uh, he could do his dad's eye thing now. Yeah. And then... You know, Thor unofficially adopts Gore's daughter. Yeah. And they go off on adventures together. Played by Chris Hemsworth's real-life daughter, by the way. Yeah, that was yes. cool. Very cool. There's a lot of Hemsworths in this movie. His own daughter's in it. Uh, his brother's in it. His mm -hmm. wife's in it. Which is, I, Wait, I think, what? It's kind of funny. His wife plays the wolf lady like the wolf lady he has like oh, a, a, yeah, an yeah, old yeah. fling with at the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie. Oh, that's Elsa Pataki? Yeah, apparently, yeah, that was Elsa Pataki as oh, just kind of coming in and doing that little bit for him. And then who's movie. his uh, who's his brother? Liam? He plays Thor, the actor Thor. Oh, he's the actor Thor with the Matt Damon. That <laughs> was very funny. That's Luke, I believe. The Matt Damon joke killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was very funny. I thought it was yeah. fun to bring them back in the play. 
I thought it was a little too much where like when they were all in the council meeting and they're like, can we make a play about this? I'm like, okay, that's... I thought it was funny. They're being anymore. very inappropriate. Yeah. I like that. Maybe, yeah, I, like I guess. That. I thought it was funny. I like Matt Damon showing up for two seconds of these things. I thought it was funny that they got Melissa McCarthy to come in yes. and play Hella. Hella. That was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. I love just how cheesy that production was. And it was like, okay. Yeah. And how long it went. Again, like another thing that just kind of went on. You felt like it was going on a little too long, but I was like, okay, I get it. This is funny. But I mean, once again, this is just Ragnarok Redux, right? Because like, yeah. they're just doing the same jokes as Ragnarok. And like, if you didn't like Ragnarok, you're not going to like this. And there are plenty of people who don't like Ragnarok, which I love, actually. I think Ragnarok is great. I think it's just such a great reconfiguration of the Thor character. Because I think before Ragnarok, Thor's pretty boring. I don't really like the first Thor that much. It's fine. The Dark World is pretty much considered one of the worst MCU movies. The worst. I think Taika really figured out, like, the magic of Chris Hemsworth as, like, a comedic actor. And putting that together with, like, how ripped he is is very, very funny. And, like, just to play that up in Ragnarok was great. You know, he's like a fucking himbo. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. For me, it's really interesting. I guess I didn't know this during Ragnarok. And I found out during this press junket is that it was actually Chris Hemsworth's idea to bring in Taika. Yeah, but it's been all over press junket. Him, like saying he didn't really like playing Thor before Ragnarok. He wanted to flex the comedy, and then he wanted to bring yeah. in someone like Taika to help him do that. I mean, I think it's gold. I agree. I, I love Ragnarok, and I think it's a great movie. And I think the same for this. I really had a lot of fun with this one. To give Joss Whedon a little bit of credit, though, he kind of tapped into the humorous yes. part mm-hmm. of Thor in the Avengers movie. But those movies are Avengers movies. They're like ensembles, right? So they're a little crowded, and you didn't really get to do that much, but... Yeah, I think Ragnarok is a good place for Thor, that characterization. Yeah. Even the first Thor has a couple of little jokes. A couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I genuinely actually do enjoy the first Thor. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, it's fine. The funny thing is, I think a lot of the credit of Chris Hemsworth showing his comedic chops actually comes from the Ghostbusters movie that he was in, right? That female-led one. Mm -hmm. And I I think that kind of helped pave the way for this. If you love that movie or not, whatever... He's like the best thing about that Ghostbusters movie. What year was uh, that? 2016? Yeah, I think so or something mm. like that. It was before Ragnarok. So, yeah, I thought he was like the best thing in that movie. And he definitely showed that he could do comedy. Yeah. So, I, I think one of the last things about this movie, and then I think it kind of leads into our phase four talk, is talking about that mid-credits. I'm pretty sure I know exactly what Jeff's going to say about the mid-credits. Um, I don't give a stinger. fuck. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> About Hercules, I'm sorry. People are like, this is the best mid-credits scene of all time. That's what everyone says all the time. No. Yeah, it's just fucking Hercules. Who cares? Who cares? When are they going to introduce him? Like, fucking five years from now? Whatever. If you notice, one thing about Phase 4, it seems like they love to now reserve the mid-credits for introducing a new character, right? Like, Eternals was like the Harry Styles I hate it. I hate it. It's the worst shit. Multiverse of Madness had... Clea, plays by Charlize Theron, and then now Hercules here. I think it's so boring. How great would it be if it was just all the troll, though? Like, they just never actually show up, and they're just... I wish. I don't think they're that funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Leading this discussion into Phase 4, like, what have you guys overall have thought about, I guess, Phase 4, right? Because we're really close to the end, right? I think, technically, like, Black Panther might kind of mark the end of the phase, 
I've heard this criticism a lot, right? That it doesn't seem like Marvel to have a direction they're going. And I think we've kind of criticized it in the past for that. Okay, here's the thing. There are people who are saying, like, you know, look at phase one. They didn't really have a plan there. And, like, Thanos was just in the background doing his thing. And he didn't really show up until Infinity War, which was phase three. So you got to, like, give Marvel benefit of the doubt that they know what they're doing. But it doesn't feel like they know what they're doing. Because unlike phase one, they're introducing all these, you know, like, crossover concepts, like variants and multiverses and time travel and like introducing kang doing spider-man no way home multiverse of madness and they're not amounting to anything really and like they introduced the eternals too it just feels like they're not doing anything with the concepts that they're introducing i'm gonna defend them a little bit on that like i don't care like I don't think they need to... I agree. To, I don't care. I, like, I, like, I totally like, agree with you. I don't give yeah. a shit if they introduce variants and then never use it again. Like, okay, that was just a Loki thing. Like, it doesn't bother me that, like, I don't know, the continuity doesn't fit together. It's like, well, there's variants here, but here, there's alternate realities, and here, Doctor Strange yeah. is played by different people, and here, all the Spider-Men are different actors, and it doesn't all, like, who gives a shit, dude? Calm down. But if you don't <laughs> give a shit, then at least make good movies, right? Well, yeah, that's of my course. Problem, but, you know? I mean, but that's... Yeah, I mean, like, I think the continuity stuff can actually get in the way of them making good movies if they become too wedded to continuity or to use it too much yeah. as a crutch. But, like, the fact that they're introducing concepts and they're not using them isn't one of the things that bothers me about Phase 4. I do think it is at the expense of the movies, though, right? Because, like, as much as, like, I liked them using the cameos only to fucking brutally kill them in Multiverse of Madness, I would have easily given that up just for a solid Doctor Strange movie directed by Sam Raimi that had nothing to do with the Illuminati and, like, this shoddy multiverse stuff that they've been doing, right? I would have taken that over... Or even Wanda. Yeah, exactly, 100%. Like, it feels like they just kind of shoehorned her into this because she just had a show. I don't know. I feel like it's buckling under the weight. What were you going to say, Derek? I was going to say, like, to play devil's advocate just a little bit here, is it Marvel's fault or is it our own expectations, though? Right? Of what we think Marvel should be. This thing that creates cinematic universes that everything has to connect and everything has to feel like it's going somewhere, right? Versus, I remember when Phase 3 ended with the Endgame stuff and Kevin Feige was out in the press saying, hey, don't expect another Avengers movie anytime soon, right? What if it's them just trying to partially kind of reset, right? Hey, let's just introduce these stories and let's maybe just have some standalone stories and not have to feel so... Right, I think that's fine, Derek. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. But if they're doing it, they're a little wishy-washy. Like, stick to your guns and stop doing all these cameos and shit and just like have it be like one story about one dude and no future teases or any of that for me though uh i guess that's not true because like spider-man had what uh doctor strange and the doctor Strange had wanda and then shang chi had wong right that's not the part that bothers me because uh-huh. that's the benefit of having a shared universe so you yeah, can play you can with your other plug and play action yeah. figures or whatever uh, mixed together that's not a problem that's sort of the point right that's why continuity is cool that's sort of the point and i kind of like that but like i think phase four is just like the non-stop cameos is just really giving into what the fans want and the fans are like dictating this thing where they have to be like pointing at something it's like oh i recognize that when a lot of this stuff is just extraneous like you can just have a bunch of standalone movies where characters from other 
movies just come in and help out and stuff, which is fine. But then, like, I have a problem where, like, you have an Eternals movie, and then your cameo in the post-credits is fucking Blade. Can you just have those two be introduced separately, like you did in Phase 1? You know? Like, just have those standalone movies where they work by themselves. That's a good point. I mean, the Blade thing is kind of, like, out of left field. But, like, we talked about the, the Clea thing, right? Like, that doesn't feel to me like they're trying to set up a different movie it feels almost like they're trying to set up more doctor strange's right like hercules feels not like they're trying to set up a universe it feels like they're trying to set up what's going to come next for thor i I don't know like after watching a lot of these phase four movies i've now kind of more convinced that they weren't actually trying to connect them that they're more trying to establish these characters again and like push their stories along maybe down the line they'll start to connect them again I don't know. Like, I don't entirely agree with you guys on this part. I I think that Marvel has, in a way, tried to separate them. And I think it's just, like, people's own expectations of what what they want from these movies. That they're like, oh, that must mean Clea's going to be why Doctor Strange is going to, like, need to form the Illuminati or, like, the next event. Like, no, that just means that maybe she's in the next movie. And, like, it's just trying to set up the next movie. That's fine to me, I guess. I could take it or leave it. That's why it's a mid-credits singer and not in the movie. But those mid-credits are just so forgettable. They like, are. When's they that are. movie coming out? In three, four years? I just miss the silly shit where, like, you know, Bruce Campbell punches himself in the face mm-hmm. like a million times. He's like, it's over. I love that shit. I love, you know, like the stinger mm-hmm. at the end of Iron Man 3 where Tony Stark is, like, in therapy with uh, Bruce Banner and then he's fucking falling asleep. I think that shit is hilarious, you know? Yeah. And I think the constant push of, like, here's what's next, here's what's next. Yes. I think they can yeah. take the foot off the gas pedal a little bit and then that goes also goes into... Having 20 of these TV shows and movies in a year, it's just too much, you know? And, like, you can definitely see the VFX teams straining under that because I think these movies look worse than ever, even though I think Thor Love and Thunder doesn't look as bad as people are making it out to be. But, like, if you look at the Phase 1 and Phase 2 stuff, a lot of those movies look a lot better than what they've been pumping out lately, you know? Yeah, and part of the fun of these is visual spectacle, right? Like a fun action movie and... Yeah. Um, if the action doesn't deliver and the graphics don't deliver, you're not left with a ton. Besides people hunting for continuity stuff, as Tark is saying. Yeah. Um, Phase 4 feels just it's not outright like just bad, but it's very meh. It's in that like mm-hmm. B-EC sort of territory overall. Even if none of it is outright like awful. But like, let's see. Black Widow's like kind of meh. It's like it's fine. I saw it and I've already sort of forgotten it. Shang-Chi was pretty all right. Uh, Eternals was very not good. No Way Home, I think we all kind of had mixed feelings about that one. Uh, we just talked about Doctor Strange, which we all, again, mixed feelings about, but sort of liked. And then and there's this one. Like, that's not exactly a great run. Like, all these phases have been mixed, but there's usually, like, one or two, like, really, really good ones where you're like, I'm unapologetically, like, a big fan of this one, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Phase 3 is Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians 2, Spider-Man Homecoming, Ragnarok, Black Panther, Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Far From Home. That's crazy. Dude, most of them That's are like crazy. good to excellent there. That's crazy, <laughs> I would right? say. Phase 3 is just very good, right? Like, I think we're kind mm-hmm. of – we had a three-year span where most of those coming out were really fun Marvel movies. 
Fighters, right? Yeah. Honestly, and I think if you go back and look at Phase 1 and 2, you'll be maybe a little less impressed with those. So Phase 2 was Iron Man 3. I know you're an apologist. Shut up. Thor The Dark World. <laughs> Thor The Dark World. Obviously dog shit. Cap Winter Soldier, one of my favorite Marvel movies, right? Yeah, that's the good one. Guardians. Again, one of the best. Avengers Age of Ultron and Ant-Man, which are both kind of meh. But that's like two bangers and the rest are kind of meh. I know you like Iron Man 3, whatever. And then Phase 1. I don't just like Iron Man 3. It's the best Marvel movie. All right, whatever. (laughs) All right, whatever. Phase 1, Iron Man, obviously great. The Hulk, Iron Man 2, Thor, Cap 1, and Avengers. Also pretty strong. But I think, yeah, like, Forge is just all kind of bland. There's not one that really stands out. You're like, ooh, this is, like, the one, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know. I maybe, maybe that's coming. Whatever you want to say about phases one, two, and three, there aren't that many movies in there where you're like, ooh, this is fucking sloppy. Where, like, all of these kind of feel that way, you know, in phase four. You can talk shit about Thor, the Dark World, the Incredible Hulk, but they feel like solid movies from those directors and just not burdened by the Marvel machine, even though they are like middling movies, you know? But Phase 4, they're all like pretty, I don't know, questionable. How many phases do you think we get? Oh, I don't fucking know. I mean, there's fucking X-Men coming. Holy shit, I didn't even think about that. All right, so I saw this perfect tweet today about how Marvel's doing things, where Fox did a shit ton of X-Men movies without once using the theme from the animated series as nostalgia bait. Mm -hmm. And Marvel has already done it twice without even a single X-Men movie coming out. (laughs) Wait, what were the two times? Um, Can you tell me? Because I don't even remember. When Professor Xavier shows up in Multiverse of Madness, they do the X-Men theme. And then Miss Marvel, the finale. They just used, yeah. They just oh, used, I uh, didn't see that yet. Okay, that's why. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard. Who isn't even a mutant in the comics, but now they made her a mutant here. So oh, is this the mutant reveal? For, uh... Spoilers, Jeff. Okay, whatever. <laughs> fucking Kevin Feige hating the Inhumans. No, I figured after I saw the fucking tweets today, yes, I figured. I'm like, I get it. It was the question coming out of Endgame, right? Like, when would the fatigue hit? And I I was optimistic that it wouldn't. I think that they would still be able to hold it together. And, like, I generally still, like, like Marvel movies. Like, I still have fun. I still like some of these a lot more than I'm going to bring it back to Thor The Dark World. I probably like every movie in the Phase 4 more than Thor The Dark World still, though. So, I mean, it's still not the lowest point for me. In a sense, but collectively, if you think of them as phases, then yes, maybe this is the the weakest of the phases. It's because it's a bunch of B's and C's, right? And I don't really see that changing, right? You've got Wakanda Forever, the new Black Panther, another Ant-Man and the Wasp movie, Guardians 3, The Marvels, and Fantastic Four. Are any of those going to be an AA plus movie where you're like, wow, Marvel's back on track? Probably not. I mean, I like the original Black Panther. I'm looking forward to the second one. Uh, me too. But I don't think it's going to be like a, I don't know, Guardians 1 or a, or even, it's not going to be Black Panther 1 even, right? For a lot of yeah. sad yeah. reasons. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, sad it's, reasons, it's just yes, not going to. Yeah, it's not. Even just the fact that it's a sequel alone, not even counting all the other stuff. I mean, we are getting into this now phase of we are past the original content, right? A lot of phase where we kind of saw already is like new guys 
you know, the Eternals and Shang-Chi and I guess in a sense, Miss Marvel, right? And and Moon Knight, like, we're now starting to get more into like the sequels of the movies that we haven't seen in a while, right? Like Black Panther, Captain Marvel, Ant-Man. So like, I'm interested to see, will people then come back for these? As much as I've heard all the hate for this movie, like Thor Love and Thunder did like a ton of money this weekend, right? It's still going to be like a box office success for them. So we'll see. The movie that worried me the most out of this phase was probably Multiverse of Madness. Because you could not watch that without watching WandaVision first. And I think that's the first of its kind where it felt like that. And at a certain point, just like comic book continuity... When is the juice not going to be worth the squeeze? When is the tedium of doing the homework not going to be worth the enjoyment of going to these movies, right? But these are movies for people who like homework. (laughs) I totally agree. that too. Both literally and Marvel homework, right? (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that I've mostly been underwhelmed by the TV stuff. Bunch of B and C stuff. Just like the movies. It's just a bunch of B and C stuff. Instead of 20 Bs and Cs, make four As. Or, like, B-pluses and A-minuses, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't mind that you're doing TV, but, like, make, like, a really good show. Like, go back to Daredevil quality, you know, like, Punisher quality. Uh, All right, let's not go crazy. Like, those shows, as much as I like them, and they're way better than what we're getting now, way away, um, they had their problems, too, right? There was a lot of bloat in the middle of those runs. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't get me wrong. They're very good. I like them. And those are definitely the best of those Netflix Marvel shows. But, like, I'll take those over, like, a Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh, 100%. Any day. Any day. And I'm not that excited for She-Hulk fucking the Groot Christmas special. Come on. I didn't even know that was a thing. Ironheart. I just don't really have an interest in these characters. I don't know. Like... Build the hype up to make them look enticing, make them look good, put the effort in. That's what they did with Phase 1, right? Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, they were C-list characters that those were the only characters that they had the rights to. And they made them into superstar characters. But it doesn't feel like they're doing it with, like, I don't know, She-Hulk and Moon Knight. and Although I did like Moon Knight a lot, but like, you know, like WandaVision and stuff. It's all very unknown to me. And like, I just think their output is too much and they can't catch up with the quality. So that's how I feel about it. I agree. If there was an option where I could turn a dial and have them make fewer projects but have them be higher quality, I would turn that dial. I'm not sure that that dial exists or that that's necessarily no, a real trade-off. Not, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily one against the other, although I think the argument from the VFX crews is is definitely telling. I'm not sure that's why all these things are turning out this way, but yeah, if if that is the case, then it would be nice for them to rein it in a little. I guess I'm just saying that at this point, you've produced so much and you've kind of started to set this trend that it's like, I don't think they can turn back. It's hard. People are going to expect yeah, movies, TV, and all that kind of shit. Disney knows how to cut their losses, man. Well, actually, that's not true. I was going to say they cut their losses with Star Wars, but I guess they just pumped out, like, three TV series back-to-back. But with the movies, at least, they, they took a break. So, I yeah. mean, if they start oversaturating with Marvel, there's always the chance that they'll take a page from that book and kind of pump the brakes on stuff. Yeah, and, like, who knows how, like, profitable these Disney Plus shows are even, right? Like, what's the metric for that, right? Because... They're paying for the production, but, like, your uh, revenues from, like, the subscribers. So, like, there's not even, like, a one-to-one. It's not, like, ticket sales, you know? So, it's easy to pump the brakes on those. Just, if we didn't have any of these TV shows and we had, like, four or five Marvel movies in 
Phase 4, I'm sure they would have been able to, like, put a little more effort into making them look better and a little more airtight in the storytelling, you know? I don't know. I, I do feel like fatigue is setting in, but I don't feel like it's a lost cause yet. There hasn't been one that's just, like, an outright disaster, even though a lot of people want Love and Thunder to be that movie, which I don't think it is. I think people have just reached a breaking point and it's an overcorrection here. This movie is fine. And I will say that having so much content, as much as it's all BNC-level stuff, having that much content does make you resistant to the occasional F-bomb, right? Because, like, if you do completely screw up on projects, like, well, if there's another project in yeah. a month, it's not going to sink you, right? Yeah. Like, hell, Thor 2 didn't sink them, right? Like, I think they're resilient to one or two failures. It's got to be, a, like, a lot of really bad things in a row, really, to sink this thing. Otherwise, it's going to be a genre unto itself for a while, right? Like, the MCU itself is already, what, almost yeah. 15 years old, right? But then you're talking about, like, death by a thousand cuts. It's so, like, um, you know, like, stuff that's bad, you know? Yeah, but it's got to be a thousand, right? Like, like, they have to continue to put out things that even their own fans are like, we don't like this, right? Yeah, I mean, I said this before, like, I think at this point, it's it's just, like, a little too hard to fail at the moment, but... I think the thing that could kill them is if they mess up the X-Men, right? Yeah, I think so. Their biggest property that they've gotten back. If they somehow screw that up, I think it will be the nail in the coffin. We should probably wrap things up. But the last thing I want to say is that... Yeah, we should. The critical reception doesn't really matter. It's whether people still buy tickets. And, you know, like, people can hate on these movies all they want. And... You know, people hated this movie. This is like the third lowest Rotten Tomato score out of any Marvel movie, but it still did like $300 million. So, like, the critical reception and what critics think is irrelevant to how far this ship goes. But if things continue going in this direction, I can see them losing, you know, the crowd too. But we'll see. Like you said, they're going to have to fuck up pretty bad to do that. So, yes, we are running late. And I guess the last thing. I will say is, and I should have mentioned it earlier, I actually did like that they kind of hid the meaning of love and thunder, right? Like, you don't actually get the oh, her the, name. the reveal of why oh, it's called yeah, yeah, love yeah. and thunder until the very end. I like that. I actually like that. I like that a lot. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the last thing I'll say. <laughs> We've gone pretty long. You, you guys have heard all of our thoughts on... Thor Love and Thunder, but then also like kind of our extended talk about uh, Marvel Phase 4 and, and potentially the future of this this franchise or this cinematic universe. But uh, if that is all, which I'm just going to say it is all, <laughs> that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find more of your work? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com and you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? Uh, you can find me in Valhalla, Halls of the Asgardians. What about Oh, you? shit, he's dead. <laughs> I wish. Uh, what about you, Derek? <laughs> you wish. <laughs> uh, you can find me at the World's Okayest Photos and Screen Nations Guild on Instagram. But if you like this podcast, the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any of the other popular podcast apps. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please do us a favor and give us a great rating. It really helps to get our podcast out to more people. And if you have any questions, comments, suggestions on our episode on Thor, Love and Thunder or the MCU, feel free to shoot us an email. We like to read emails out on the pod. So feel free to shoot that at Jeff at strangeharbors.com. And with that, we will see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.